Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to the LYF podcast. Monica here and I wanted to take a moment to introduce today's episode. I had the opportunity of interviewing Monarch the Poet and it was such an enlightening conversation where we touched upon his journey as an artist and also his journey through his trans evolution. So very excited for everyone to take a moment to to learn more just about these different perspectives and different walks of life and the commonality of just that that want to pursue just your own truth and your authenticity and how important that is so super excited for y'all to take that for for y'all to listen um and i also wanted to mention there are some dates that are mentioned in the episode um that were referenced in august when the the dating originally happened Uh, excuse me, the interview originally happened. So um, the event that he mentions is called The Jam, which he is a part of, and it is a monthly event. So definitely check it out um, and see when the next one's happening in September. Be sure to connect through to his social media um, to stay all up to date with all his art and all the cool things that he's up to. So I learned so much from this episode, and I have no doubt that you will too. So enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the LYF podcast. Monica here. Today, I have the honor to of, of having a conversation with Monarch the Poet. We are featuring him as our artist of the month. And I'm excited. I first came across Monarch earlier in the spring when we helped helped do an event at Ferguson's downtown with focusing more on poetry. And so it was a little bit different for, for us, even though we've definitely had poets on the stage before for our events, but it was just a poet, just an event all on poetry. And again, I'm, I'm so grateful that Jam connected me to Monarch and he has a wonderful story to share, has wonderful work, and I'm excited for everyone to get to know him a little better. So hi, Monarch. Hello. Thanks for having me, Monica. It is a pleasure and I'm very excited to be here. Well, thank you uh, for taking the time for to chat with me. And prior to the interview, we had some uh, technical difficulties. So I'm just grateful that we got it squared away. 
And again, appreciate your patience. So my first question that I always, always, always ask, and I've probably asked you this on stage (laughs) is what is it that you love about yourself and how has this quality either evolved or how, how has it helped you? So the thing I love most about myself would be my ego, essentially. It has taken a really long time to learn to love myself in the way that I do and love every little aspect about who I am. As a trans person, I definitely went through a very long period of time of not loving what I looked like or who I was or anything of that nature. It didn't feel like me. And so as I've grown and become more of the person I'm supposed to be, I've learned to love every little thing about me. Everything from my voice to my beard to my smile, like all of it. I just, I love being who I'm supposed to be now. Mm, I love that. Just a, just a, that, that pursuit of authenticity, right? I find it gets more and more important as we get older. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. So tell us now a little bit about how poetry came to be in your life, where, When did it all begin for you? Absolutely. So poetry for me actually started my senior year of high school. We had a poetry segment in the early spring, I want to say. The assignment, write a poem based off of a poet that you like. So I had to go find a poet that I enjoyed, and I ended up falling in love with Nikki Giovanni. And so I wrote a poem that was in her style, very conscious and flow of consciousness that was the poem and turned it in my teacher was like this is fantastic write another poem but I want you to try something different and so I stumbled upon spoken word um, and slam poetry type things so then I wrote this really really long poem or in the slam world it'd be like a four minute poem which is kind of long and I wrote it I memorized it and I performed it for my class, per my teacher's wishes. And it was after that day that I actually had someone come up to me and ask if they could record me doing it again because they just really loved that poem so much. And I was like, that's wild, but sure. And so I did it again. My uh, teacher had me do it a few more times for her other classes. And at the end of that segment, she was like, hey, you could really pursue this. You have a way with words. It's very unique. It's very special you could be a poet a poet in real life. Like this could be something you do. And I didn't take her too serious, but I was like, eh, okay, maybe I'll think about it. And I actually ended up writing a poetry book before I graduated high school. Wow. And I really did it just for her. And then I've been on this journey of poetry ever since. I took a small hiatus from about 18 to 20 because life was wild, had to work, mm. things of that nature. And then I jumped back into it just not too long ago. The end of 2019, I went full swing into being a poet, all the open mics. And now I'm really just in the woods with it. That's so wonderful. And I love that your teacher encouraged you because I I think that a lot of times we need that encouragement, right? When, especially when we're younger and we don't really even see what we're good at yet. And just to have that extra those extra eyes on you of a, of a person that generally wants to see you thrive. It, it, it yes. means a lot. So that that's incredible. 
Absolutely. I owe her a lot. I actually just recently dropped another poetry book and I have one saved to hand deliver to her because she still works at the high school. So are you where are you, are you originally from Las Vegas or where are you from? I was born in California uh-huh. and I moved to Vegas in second grade and I've been here ever since. So I might as well be from Las Vegas. Yeah. It's been quite a while. <laughs> Yeah, it's always interesting. I find the folks that like that we grew up out here, just our our origin story of like, how did we how did we make it? How did we get here? And it's always it's always fun just to, to find out. So but wonderful. And so yeah, you talked about the open mic scene. And so and and now you are more involved too with the jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that and how that's added to your your career, your artistry, who you are. Absolutely. So when I first jumped back into the poetry scene, the jam was one of the places that I would frequent. It happened every Monday night and I could get on stage and, you know, do a little poetry, test some things out. Towards the end of 2019, Jam put out a message that she's looking for people to feature for the following year. This is, you know, before we realized a pandemic would happen. (laughs) But one of the things was submit a video or like, write something as to why you should be featured at the jam and I saw that and I was like yeah I should do that and then a part of me went no I'm going to continue to work on my craft and continue to be so amazing that jam asks me to feature without me having to say this is why I should feature and a few months later it was January of 2020 uh, I went to a birthday party jam was there And we hung out at the end of the night. She's like, I don't know why, but I feel like we're going to be best friends. And lo and behold, 2020 was chaos. But her and I did become really, really good friends throughout all of that time. And so pandemic shut down the jam for a while. And when she was thinking about reopening it, she came to me and she was like, hey, you have seen the behind the scenes for all of this for a while now. I want you to, you know, help out if you can help run the jam do you think that's something you could do I was like Mm -hmm. absolutely I would be honored what do you need me to do and she said what do you think you could be good at like would you host would you manage the list And I was like I can manage the list that would be easy and it actually turned into me being the stage manager for the jam now so I manage all the artists in the back If someone is getting on stage, they go through me first to make sure they are stage ready and that everything is handled before they get on the stage. Yeah, that's so awesome. And it's so it's so fun too how you you kind of just you put it out there right before you even knew how things were going to go. Right. And then the pandemic happened and that caught everybody by surprise. (laughs) So. (laughs) but I'm so happy that it worked out that way. And for those that maybe there's some folks out there that don't know what the jam is, but it's uh, open mic here in Las Vegas that has been around. How long has it been around? It's actually only been two or three years now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's so funny because I find, I feel like a lot of us started around the same time. Because then we we yeah. started we started our event December of 2018, so it had have been just around like all of a sudden all of these different groups like <laughs> let's do open mics, <laughs> but it's been so wonderful. I swear, like I never, when I was younger, I would frequent open mics, and I just always loved just that feeling of freedom and acceptance. It's I mean it should be that way, right? 
And, yeah. and it was just always such a place to just come in and, and be myself. And so it's it's been a true joy getting to do an open mic and connecting with other open mics and all the incredible, amazing, talented people that are here in Las Vegas has been it's been such a joy to witness. I agree. Yeah. So, so now, so tell us now a little bit more about your journey. You know, you mentioned, and of course, if you want to share, but your journey of, of going through your really, your trans journey, your, just that, that background, if you want, if you can, if you can go and get into it a little bit. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I think there's a common misconception that like trans people are born in the wrong body and we hear it all the time that you know this is the wrong body for me and Mm -hmm. things of that nature what I have learned throughout my transition my journey because it has involved a lot of doctors a lot of therapists and yeah a lot of surgeries but one of the things that sticks out the most to me is that I wasn't born in the wrong body it's still my body every part of it is still me it just doesn't physically represent me sometimes and so my journey starts when I'm about 18, I cut off all my hair Mm. and got it super short and it made me very happy. I started going to therapy because in general, I believe everyone should see a therapist at some point, whether Mm. you are in a tough spot or not, it's still probably going to help you out. So I found a therapist, started talking to her and throughout talking to her for about a year, I was like, you know, some things don't feel right. I don't like call being called she all the time. It doesn't fit me well. She's like, go do some research, go talk to some people, go see what type of things you find on the internet, come back to me and you tell me what is something that might resonate with you. And I was like, okay, sure. So I reached out to a friend who uh, is non-binary and I was like, hey, something's not right here. Like, can you tell me anything you know at all? And they sent me just a list of labels and definitions. And one of them that stuck out was by gender. And I was like, what is this? And so I looked into it and was like, you know, sometimes you feel like a woman, sometimes you feel like a man, if that's like what you want it to go by. But basically, you're not one gender. And I was like, this is interesting. And that was my first introduction into, oh, I'm not a woman. I'm not what everyone perceives me to be. So I took that back to my therapist. We talked about it for a little bit of time. And at some point she was like, why don't you ask a few of your close friends to call you by he and him now, just to see how it fits you. And the first day that happened, it was December of, I want to say 2016, maybe. And it stuck. I was like, oh, that feels right. That feels normal. That feels like me. And so continued to go to therapy, talked to my therapist. But I was like, yeah, that, that feels fantastic. And she was like, okay, well then, you know, here is this definition of a trans person, transgender person. Does this resonate with you? I was like, let me sit on it. And so again, I did a lot of thinking, a lot of confusion. I was like, is this something I really want to do? Like, is this all a phase? Am I like, is something wrong with me? And I went back to my therapist and asked all these questions. She goes, a lot of cis people never question their gender. If you're questioning it, it probably means you're not faking it. I was like, oh, that, yeah, that makes 
said that mm-hmm. make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And from there on, she diagnosed me with gender dysphoria. And I got in contact with a doctor in order to start hormone therapy. Mm-hmm. And I started that. It's about to be four years ago. November 1st is what I call my second birthday, because mm-hmm. that is the day I got my first dose of testosterone. It's also called a maniversary for me. Um, and so did therapy for quite a few years I got all the letters I needed in order to start testosterone and to have my surgeries and and just recently completed my transition as I would say with a surgery just in the end of June still recovering a little bit from it but every day has gotten better I randomly woke up and had a nice beard that everyone asked me how does it grow and I'm like it's genetics and testosterone I don't know what to tell you (laughs) (laughs) the voice got deeper and I just became more confident, more me. And from that, Lonnie is born and Monarch is born. And it's just been a beautiful, beautiful journey. And I'm very thankful for all of my friends and people that have helped me along the way to get here. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much for for sharing. It's yeah, it's, it's just great to be able to hear stories like this and and it gives hope for folks that may be going through similar things. And yeah, so it's amazing. Congratulations. And what is like, because I know sometimes, and I'm and I'm guilty of it too, just sometimes even saying the wrong pronoun to a person and then just feeling so bad about it. <laughs> I'm getting better at it. But what is what's some what's an advice, some advice you can give to folks on that? And then maybe even explain why it's so important, right? To say the right the right pronoun to a person mm-hmm. absolutely so my advice is if you come across someone we've known for a while and they are changing their pronouns or if you come across someone and you assume their pronouns and they tell you they're different if you make the mistake the best thing you can do is just go oh thanks and correct yourself mm-hmm. once you pull the oh i'm so sorry mm-hmm. that makes me feel so bad the person you've just misgendered who i can guarantee you is feeling awful now has to step into a consoling role they have to be like oh no it's okay you know it happens it's it's not okay that person is going to feel terrible about it no matter what they say they may look fine they're like oh it's fine it's okay it happens but they're probably going to go home and it's going to sit with them so the best thing to do is say thank you and then just correct yourself and keep going you do that there's not going to be an issue the person is probably going to be like okay cool And like, if it happens more than once, the next step I would say into memorizing or, you know, being comfortable with that person's pronouns is start complimenting them in your head, say five nice things about them using that pronoun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It'll help you in the long run because you're basically memorizing, you're putting it in your brain already. You are mentally saying their pronouns all the time instead of this stumbling over yourself because you don't talk to them often enough to Mm. memorize their pronouns yeah Uh, and the second part of your question why is it so important pronouns are a respect thing it is not just enough to use someone's pronouns while you're in front of them you have to respect them enough to use them when they're not there and correct other people when they're not that's what it really comes down to it's about how much do you respect and value this person even if you don't understand, you know, what it's like to be trans, it's super uncomfortable to be misgendered. And I think mm-hmm. any cisgender person can relate to that. If I randomly called you he, Monica, you'd be like, that doesn't fit at all. Exactly. <laughs> used because that's not you. And that's mm-hmm. what it feels like to be misgendered. It's really just that simple. You're like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would mm-hmm. you do that? Mm-hmm. 
that's what it is. Except when someone does it on purpose, now you're purposely trying to hurt that other person's feelings. Mm-hmm. Even if you're like, well, I've known you for this long and it's, you know, it's going to take some time to get used to. Practice in your head. Do your due diligence and make sure that person is comfortable. If you love them that much, make sure they know that they're loved that much, that you did the work to at least just call them the correct pronoun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Because I, I was more education we can give folks, right? The better. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like I had a friend a few years ago who also went through the transition. And I, I just remember just being like, Monica, come on, like just having these talks with myself of like, all right, just get used to it, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, it, it, and yeah, it, it, yeah, like, and I love what you said, it, it comes down to respect. So appreciate that. So now t- let's chat a little more. How has your how has your writing helped you through this whole time and anything else you'd like to share on that? Yeah. Uh, so the most recent book I put out, it's called For Those Who Feel. And it is just my personal poetry journal for the last two years. It's all handwritten. It's very unique. And really what it talks about is dealing with emotions and just emotions in general. Writing is how I get through things. So. There are love stories and there's pain and there's regret and there's all these things, but writing is my release. It's cathartic. It's healing. So I do a lot of writing. Anytime I feel something that is more than I think I can handle, I like to write about it. One of the funniest things though, is that I don't have a lot of poems about me being trans because I don't know how to say it yet. I don't know how to write that poem because I want it to be the perfect poem. I want it to really be me. So like I have a bunch of small snippets of it and that's what a lot of my writing is too. Sometimes I can't just sit down and write a full thing. It doesn't happen. I just get two or three lines and I'm like, these are fantastic lines. I'm going to write them down Mm -hmm. and they create and give birth to something else later. But it's just always writing because I'm always feeling something and a lot of the times I have no idea how to manage those feelings. It is definitely is writing is definitely a form of therapy for sure. Yeah, it's amazing that we can do that, have that ability. <laughs> it's definitely saved right. me from many moments. So anything, what other type of self-care do you do in your life or day to day that's and that perhaps has even maybe it's changed as a result of dealing through the going through the pandemic? So yeah, how does that look like for you? Yeah, so self-care used to be a lot of alone time for me. As much as I'm in the arts community, I'm actually very much an introvert. I like my alone time. I was having no real issues during the pandemic. So I was like, oh, no one has to talk to me or be near me. But as the pandemic progressed and as I continued to try to see my therapist, she explained to me that, hey, I know you don't think you're a social butterfly, but you do need social interaction. And I was like, that's absurd. And that was the beginning of the pandemic. By the, towards the end of it, not even the end of it, currently, I've realized that, yeah, I do need a little more social interaction. So the things I've worked on for self-care, it used to be a lot of, I'm going to, you know, do this skincare routine and take a bubble bath with my Lush products and like read a book and drink some tea and I'll be fine. Now it is more of, I'm going to reach out to these people because I want someone to talk to. And I know they value and care about me. So my self-care is now 
making sure I'm talking to people, whether it's texting someone every day or uh, even just small check-ins. I do gardening with my mom now. We're redoing our front yard and we have like some squash and some cucumber and some jalapeno plants that we're planting. And so that is what my self-care is now. It's more small things with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, if any, yeah, this time has definitely shown how important it is to feel that connection, whether it's virtual or in person, whatever it can, however it can look like, but as long as it is happening. So, so that's really, that's wonderful that it's evolved in that direction for you. And so, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Especially gardening. I did that. I, during my quarantine, that's what I, I was on a farm. So I spent a lot of time with vegetables. (laughs) So I understand that it's very healing. (laughs) Yes, yes it is. Earlier, you, you know, you mentioned therapy we've been, you've mentioned it a few times and I also believe that everyone should go and I have, I've gone, I go myself. And I know sometimes it can be hard for people to want to, or feel like they should, or, you know, there's like, there's a lot of inner battle that goes into even going for your first visit. What's some advice you could offer to folks that maybe they find themselves in that position where they think that they maybe should go, but they're fighting themselves or not fully convinced. I would say it's like taking a leap of faith. You just, you got to do it. There's a lot of stigma around therapy that, you know, it's for quote unquote crazy people or, you know, mm-hmm. it's for people who aren't mentally well or anything of that nature. And it's not. Therapy is meant to guide you to your own answers. It's meant to help you find the things in yourself that may not be the healthiest and re-navigate that and make it into something a little bit better. So if anyone is considering or like trying to fight themselves like I'm not sure if I need therapy like I don't want people to think this this or that do it anyway just go for one session that's it Uh, you can decide after that if you think no this is not something for me or hey this is this is kind of good but just get that very first session in because no matter what it'll probably help you with whatever problem you're dealing with at that time even if you don't need help with anything else whatever small issue it is, that one session will definitely help you out. Absolutely. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it, it was a game changer for me for sure throughout my life and I wouldn't be who I am without it. That's for sure. That's why I'm, I get very passionate talking about it. And my family, I think sometimes gets tired of me talking about it, but <laughs> You know, for those that want the message, take it. But one thing I've learned so much too through therapy and through just navigating and improving your relationship with your mind is the power of words, right? And how we talk to ourselves and and, and yourself as a poet, you know that so well. Can you touch upon that a little bit? Just the, the power of words and the power of intention behind what words you use. Absolutely. It's a frequent thing I say, words have, and it's a simple phrase, but it holds a lot of weight because when I say things, I mean them exactly the way I say them. If I say I am ecstatic, it's because I am ecstatic. I'm not just happy, I'm overjoyed. Words hold weight to them. And so it's really important to have positive self-talk. There is not a single mirror I don't walk by now that I don't tell myself I look good. Uh, It's something super small, but it continues to build up my confidence and 
make me feel good. I know I'm having a rough day if the voice in my head starts speaking negatively about myself. And in which case I have to intervene on myself and say, hey, why am I talking to myself like this? Is that really me or is it something that, you know, was ingrained in me as a child? It's just something that I grew up learning and knowing just to speak negatively about myself. But it's really important to be able to have that ability to stop yourself from talking negatively about you or anyone else, really, and say, why am I doing this? And then replace that with something positive. Be gentle with yourself. You don't have to immediately think that you are the, you know, greatest person in the world, that no one touches you. Like, you don't have to have an ego that is my size just yet. But even a simple, I look good today. I like my smile today. Something as small as even just today, that will make those changes. It'll make life a little bit more bearable. It'll make things happier. You'll have a different outlook on life. Words are so important. I'd recommend getting dictionary and finding words that are fun or that make you feel things. They're a great little arsenal of things to make others feel great and make yourself feel great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love what you said also about how all the little acts, they matter, right? However small mm-hmm. they might be. It's true. And I, 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 I look to nature a lot for life in general to get wisdom. Yeah. And I see it sometimes just like if you were going to be watering a plant every day, right? It matters. And so the words that you give yourself, it's the nutrients that you're giving to your mind and every little bit helps you. Of course, if you're giving, you know, if you're talking poorly to yourself, it's adversely adverse effects that only hurt you. So, so, so yeah, I love that you said that because it is, it's very, and I think I don't, it can be hard sometimes to switch to that mentality of like that every little bit does count because we can't see immediately the results, but over time yes. you just start to feel it. You start to feel better about yourself more often than not. And it's like, wow, this, this stuff really does work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, awesome, Monarch. And well, before we close out, definitely I'd like to hear more about the book that you recently put out, how folks can find that. And then also anything else you'd like to add about any other projects that you're working on or add more, add more information on that current project that you just released. Absolutely. So yes, my book just dropped maybe two weeks ago. It is called For Those Who Feel. And it is exactly that. It's for those who feel anything at all. You can find it through the links in my bio on Instagram. That is Monarch the Poet on Instagram. And it is on Amazon. But the best way to get it is through the link in my bio. Because trying to search it up, it doesn't always pop up. Link in my bio on Instagram, Monarch the Poet. And then I also just created a website. It just went live yesterday. And it is called monarchpoetry.com you can buy my book there as well and uh, i'm going to keep updating it with you know things that are going on in the community a few articles and have some workshops planned out for it too Um, and then as far as things i'm working on i am trying to do more for the community so i'm currently working on trying to create a food drive for Mm. out here in vegas but specifically for things that don't get donated to food drives often. So your spices, your oils, your butters, your milk, anything like that, that will be an entry fee. And I'm trying to get that done before end of the year. 
And of course, I'm working with the jam. The next jam is August 30th. I highly recommend you sign up because I hear that jam might make an appearance herself after she's just had, you know, her baby. baby. Mm -hmm. It's not a guarantee, but I do hear that it's looking good. Uh, So if you haven't got your tickets to the jam yet, you can get those in jam's bio at the jam LV uh, tickets there and also sign up if you haven't, because then you get to hang out with me backstage and see all of the joy and chaos that goes into throwing a jam and you can see me run around like a chicken with my head cut off (laughs) making sure that everything looks great but yes you can find me instagram monarch the poet send me lots of love uh, message me i tend to always respond and i just love having conversations with the community thank you i love everything you're working on and yeah i appreciate that and, and also, can you touch upon what we're going to feature after the interview? Yes. <laughs> so I've decided that the best thing to feature after the interview is actually Monarch's mantras. You can find them on Spotify. They are just small two-minute clips, a mantra a day, just something to help you get through your day, whether it be, you know, feel your anger or celebrate yourself. There is something to help you get through your day. And it's just a mantra to tell yourself. And we talk a little bit about it. So Monarch's Mantras, they are on Spotify. Uh, They're fantastic, if I do say so myself. You can (laughs) definitely check them out. You can hear them. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to feature that. And yeah, so thank you so much, Monarch, for taking the time to chat with me. It's always wonderful just to connect with folks in the community more. Uh, That's what I enjoy of these conversations a lot. I think a lot of, especially as folks that, we do a lot in the community and some, like you said, mm-hmm. especially at the, at our events, we're all running around and it's hard sometimes yes. right, to chat more. So it's been a pleasure getting to know uh, your story more. And thank you so much for being so open. Of course. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. And for folks listening, be sure to follow Monarch on Instagram, find his book, support, go to the jam and uh, yeah, make sure you say hi to Monarch next time you see him. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much. And until next time, peace. Eons ago, supernovas gave birth to star clusters, littering the sky with diamonds and purpose. Born was our path, intertwined by trails of stardust, glistening, sparkling, twinkling, but never more than parallel universes. We glide side by side, dazzling night skies, but this is not my first time birthing from supernovas. I've known galaxies since they were stars. I've known black holes since they were galaxies. I've navigated asteroid belts and nebulas. I've soared with comets and crashed with meteors. Nothing is new to me, because this has been my home. You, though, have never seen the tale of a comet form. You have never known the inside of a black hole. Dodging asteroids is a game you've yet to learn to play. I could show you the ropes, teach you how to love the burn of collapsing stars, but you are too stubborn to hear me. You think because we fly next to each other that we are comparable, but this is my penultimate lap, and you are still on your opening. 
You let Mars talk you into believing the path we walk is one of war. But if you listen to Venus, you'd understand it is simply just a path. And who we are as cosmic beings determines what this path becomes. But this is not my first time birthing from supernovas. Dazzling night skies, we glide side by side, but never more than parallel universes. Glistening, sparkling, twinkling. Intertwined by trails of stardust, born was our path. Littering the sky with diamonds and purpose. Supernovas gave birth to star clusters eons ago.